Hey, this is Kevin, Kevin's Barbecue Joints, and welcome to the Kevin's Barbecue Joints Podcast. And welcome to episode 9 of Wine and Barbecue. I do the show with Aaron Feges from Feges Barbecue in Houston. They have locations in Greenway Plaza, as well as in Spring Branch. And the Spring Branch location is the one that has the wine menu, and that's the reason why the show started. We're excited to have Chris Lilly on the show. He's from Big Bob Gibson Barbecue in Decatur, Alabama. They have two locations. One location's open six days a week, one seven days a week. They both have drive through I'll put maps to the locations below. And we both had Chris Lilly on our radar because we knew of his connection to Copper Cane Wine and their family of brands, as well as Masters of Taste. And I'll put links to all that below, as well as to a number of wines that he discusses. But then it was a moment when he tweeted a photo of his wine cellar. It's a wine and bourbon cellar that was his COVID project. And it's a beautiful one. And actually, he does a show. So if you're listening to this on the podcast side, I jumped to the YouTube side because it's a gorgeous setting. And it's really cool to see him in front of his wine cellar. And also, too, Chris is such a great guy. And he knows so much about barbecue. And he knows so much about wine now. And it's just, it's it's fantastic. And he's been pairing wine and barbecue for a long time. So we get into his family history. Big Bob Gibson Barbecue has been open since 1925 and his connection to that. He gets into that as well as his barbecue journey. That does include competition barbecue and a lot of awards and something that we didn't mention but he's in the Barbecue Hall of Fame. And then we get into how he and Joe Wagner from Copper King got together and how they have Masters of Taste and they have all these great videos with recipes and wine pairings. And he also does this great thing that they're going around and tailgating for college football and serving wine, which is really great. A great way to bring wine to people that maybe wine isn't their first thought for a tailgate. So this is, it's such a great episode. Chris is awesome. There's so much information packed into such a short amount of time. We can't thank him enough for taking the time. And then we end this with discussions about Fijis because they have some new wines in their menu. They have a new fall menu, which just sounds so killer. And she talks about Thanksgiving coming up because before we know it, Thanksgiving's here. So sit back, relax, maybe grab a glass of wine and enjoy this episode with Chris Lilly. Thank you so much for wanting to do the podcast with us, Chris. Aaron, I appreciate the invitation. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's nice. It's, it's hard to, I was telling Chris, it's hard to believe that we're on episode nine, I believe already, which is, yeah. That's it's a, some persistence, definitely. It's a, I guess, and tenacity. But Chris, thank you so much for joining us. And also, I wanted to explain, and I was explaining a little bit off camera, the reason why we do this and the reason why we started this. And for people that have this, maybe is their first episode they're watching. And I'll put a link to all the episodes, the other episodes below, is because Fiji's Barbecue Spring Branch has wine on their menu as well as one. They offer wine pairings and that's why we started this and slowly down the road we found out that you know that more people are starting to combine wine and barbecue and like we saw on i i you were on our list of people to contact and then we saw that tweet mm-hmm. with the, the wine cellar behind you and uh, could you talk about that first i would like to hear more about that the cellar so uh this is actually my covid price you know uh me and wine and barbecue, of course, go way back, especially barbecue, but I got into wine, I mean, years and years ago and, uh, and take regular trips to Sonoma and Napa, uh, one of my favorite areas to travel. But uh, yeah, during COVID, when I had downtime, I always have to have a project. I always got to be doing something. I hate idle time. This, I, I built it in my basement. Uh, I'm sitting directly over my poured concrete front porch. So it's just a long, skinny room that had nothing but dust and cobwebs and spiders and everything else. So I uh, turned it into a wine and bourbon cellar uh, down here. So it's underground, great temperature, good humidity for uh, for what I'm doing down here. And uh, just turned into a little passion project. I just love it. Love love the way it turned out. Love spending time in the basement down here. It's it's really cool. And and for people that are just listening on the podcast side, I'd recommend just jumping to the YouTube side because on on your over your left shoulder is the wine, and over your right shoulder is the bourbon side. Is that kind of? Yeah, I'm it. Right? I've got a wall of bourbon here, and I've got a wall mm-hmm. on this side right here. Um, I've got a wine refrigerator chiller right in front of me on this uh, end area right here. and got a nice bar that my computer's sitting on that that I can make some mean cocktails and pour some wine. Uh, So great. That's really cool. Should we go back a little bit as to your background so people can know a little bit more about you and then we could jump into the, the, the whole wine world and everything you have going on with like masters of taste and everything. Sure. Absolutely. So, um, 
So I met my wife in college, you know, and I began with that because that's how I began at barbecue. My wife's great grandfather was Big Bob Gibson, who started the Big Bob Gibson Barbecue in Decatur, Alabama in 1925. Getting close to 100 years right now. Oh, yes. Yes, it's coming up. So we've got to put our uh, heads together and come out with some cool promotions for a 100 year anniversary for the barbecue restaurant. But yeah, to Franklin, Tennessee, uh, got married and uh, Amy's father wanted her just a little bit closer to home. So he offered me a job to come back and learn the business, open up another barbecue restaurant. And uh, the rest is history. Fell in love with barbecue, fell in love with the pit room, uh, the actual cooking aspect of it. And that's what I've been doing ever since. But you didn't plan on like this. You've easily one of the busiest guys in barbecue and the most decorated too, like one of the most decorated. There's a lot of guys that have, have a lot of trophies and, and, and awards, but did you know that like that's like in your mind at all? Did you have any idea what this path would lead you on? Like it's it's pretty fascinating. Absolutely not. Uh, my I graduated with a marketing and finance degree, uh, so uh, cooking and barbecue never entered my mind. Although I always loved to cook, but uh, you know the barbecue restaurant just uh, gave me an avenue for creativity. Gave me an avenue to really. Uh, learn about uh, the art of smoking and, and I developed a passion for it. So it uh, started in 1991. Uh, you know, you mentioned contests. My first contest was 1997. Okay. There was a lot of knowledge at the restaurant you know, that I inherited, you know, that, uh, you know, generational knowledge of how to cook barbecue. So uh, I had several, several years under my belt before I even uh, jumped into the world of competition barbecue, but uh I just do a couple contests a year. Most of my uh, travel these days are corporate travel and places I want to go and people I want to be with. Yeah, because you were because I think the the competition circuit could be exhausting, right? So exhausting. It is, you know, and I never ran the circuit per se. Uh, I cooked, uh, you know, I cooked enough to to learn the ropes, and I still do the world championships. So I still do Memphis in May every year. I do the American Royal every year. I have cooked Houston Livestock and Rodeo Show in uh, in Aaron's uh, area down there. Once before, it's hard to get into. Uh, I actually had to go to Jamaica and win the Jamaican World International Jamaican Jerk Contest, I think. I don't even forget the name of And that was automatic back then. So I had to go down there to, to win an automatic to, uh, to – wow. uh, Houston Livestock and Rodeo show, if, if you can believe that. That doesn't surprise me about the rodeo. It's tough. It's tough to get into. And then, you know, if I, you know, if I win Memphis in May, I still don't get an automatic there. I've got to win the American Royal or Jack Daniels, I think, to get uh, get an automatic in there now. So I've cooked the Jack Daniels about 10 times. Actually, it's actually this weekend. I'm going to sneak over and judge that this weekend, if you can believe that. So be fun. Do you prefer to be a judge or to be a contestant? Uh, I have withdrawals every time I go judge a contest, knowing that I should be there cooking. So I'm going to, without a doubt, say I'd rather cook a contest than judge it, uh, hands down. Did you have to go to actual classes for the judging too? Because that's that's a whole different thing, but I and sure there's this criteria, but just because you've cooked in the contest doesn't make you a judge, right? Or yeah, exactly. Sense. You do have to go to a judging school, and and that's what I would recommend. And my judging school has been years and years and years ago. Because I always recommend if somebody's going to be out there competing and uh, in uh, competing in barbecue contests, they need to figure out what the judges are looking for, yeah. and what they like. So uh, always recommend them going to a judging school uh, to learn how their barbecue is judged before they enter a contest. How many championships have you won? So in meat categories, brisket, ribs, chicken, pork, even sausage, I've won 17 world barbecue championships. I've won the American Royal. I have uh, got reserve grand championship in, in both Houston Livestock and Rodeo Show and Jack Daniels World Championship. And I've won five world grand championships at Memphis in May. So Wow. <laughs> that's, that's very impressive. Do you feel like when you've, when, when, when the food's off to the judges, do you feel as, like have a sense or is it completely up to the judges' hands? And it could, like, do you ever see like, I, this is one I think I, I've done really well? Yeah, I think you cannot win one of these contests because there's so many great uh, pit masters and cooks out there. Uh, you can't win one of these contests without fantastic food. 
but you can lose with fantastic food because you've got to have a little luck on which uh, judging table you land on. So um, that makes sense. all you can control is what you can control, what you what you turn in. You know the game. So, you know, sometimes you land on a bad table. This doesn't work your uh, work to your advantage because, you know, you think about the American Royal. There's uh, 550 teams. There's 550 judges and you only see six of those judges in each category. So uh, if you hit the wrong six judges, you can't win no matter what. So yeah. luck involved, but uh, you know, you know the rules and you know how it's played. So you just uh, give it your best shot, put out your best barbecue and hope for the best. And it's also the people too, right? You, you enjoy going back and seeing all the people, all your friends. And That's the main reason I cook the competition too, especially traveling out west of Kansas City is seeing uh, my buddies only get to see once a year. And yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's more than just the contest. It's hanging out and visiting them for a few days. Do you guys both have uh, something in common uh, sauce-wise, don't you? Uh, Alabama white sauce? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that? Yeah, that's what I'm implying. <laughs> because it's from Alabama and people, like it's definitely something that is, even though as much as, as many times as I've tried to explain it to people, people still, are people still questioning like what Alabama white sauce is to you? Yeah. Yes, less and less, I think, um, you know, now, you know, when I travel, you know, I've seen white barbecue sauce in Australia and Ireland and Miami and New York and California and Texas and all over, you know, you see it all over. So there's a lot more people that know about it. But uh, I guess I'm proud of the fact that, uh, that it was one of Big Bob Gibson's original sauces, uh, you know, back mm -hmm. in 1925. Uh, he used it on all his chicken, and that's the origin of the white barbecue sauce. It goes back to uh, Big Bob's in the 20s, what he did in his backyard before he opened up his restaurant. What inspired him to do that? Like, what was the impetus? Is it, was there a moment? You know, I think that, you know, I can only speculate uh, through what I've heard through, you know, the family and everything like that. But the only, I can only speculate that, one, he loved vinegar-based sauces. His other sauce was sort of a... Eastern Carolina style vinegar base uh, salt mop uh, that he used on pork. So he loved the vinegar tang. And then uh, when you're cooking, you know, 40, 50 uh, chickens at one time, you think about how much time they spend on the pit uh, and, and how lean chicken, especially breast meat is. Uh, you really need something to keep it from drying out. So the mayonnaise and the barbecue white sauce will keep the chicken from drying out. It'll keep it moist while you're holding it before you serve people really a tangy peppery taste a lot of fresh cracked black pepper in it uh so uh yeah that's speculating i think that's why i did it uh one as flavor and two as a uh support for moisture and it's amazing how it's become a signature sauce for the region too uh it's definitely something alabama can hang their hat on <laughs> no, it's, and it's so delicious and i've had both of your sauces and they're both different and wonderful in their own way but it's just it's just interesting that that we're talking to someone that you know, it's connected to a specific sauce when there's so many different sauces that came from yeah. different places. That's that's and your Alabama white sauce, Aaron, does really well, right? It's our number one selling retail sauce. And we used to explain it a lot because people were less familiar, but I, I definitely think that in the last couple of years it's really kind of exploded in popularity. And so people know what it is without needing as much explanation. But um I'm just like fascinated by the origin story of the sauce and how people always ask me like how does it get its name and I, I don't know the answer maybe you do I mean I can easily say why you know the Alabama is in the name because that's where it originated but who named the sauce do you know well you know it goes back to Alabama even when I started working there it was never called Alabama white sauce that was tagged later on when you know when people outside of Alabama started doing it and were and they wanted to name it something and give it a, so, you know, it all, uh, you know, they still, everybody started calling it Alabama white sauce, but, uh, you know, when I started, it was just white barbecue sauce or, um, you know, and everybody in this region grew up with it. So uh, a lot of people thought barbecue sauce was supposed to be white. So it wasn't, you know, a novelty. It wasn't a hook or it wasn't a, you know, people in, in North Alabama. So, um, so yeah, it was just a normal thing here. Started spreading and people started naming it something else. But yeah, it's always been just uh, white sauce. I guess like, yeah, I guess there's there's certain things that they start like Texas toast. People call it Texas toast everywhere. But in Texas, 
it would it, would it be yes. called yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess, or french fries I don't ironically know, but... it's also called texas toast in texas oh is it <laughs> <laughs> shows what i shows what i know this this is a this is a wine barbecue wine barbecue and toast so i guess i don't know as well but it is it is it's interesting though how things are yeah it was just white probably yeah, you just call, call the white sauce and you use it to mop as well as a sauce that's on the table correct yeah so every chicken that comes out of our pits at the restaurant gets dipped in a bat vat of the barbecue white sauce uh and then it is uh held for the customers uh, until they order it. And then it's either served whole or cut up into pieces uh, as they order. It actually looks beautiful, drenched. I, that's a silly mm -hmm. thing to say that chicken <laughs> that a chicken looks beautiful drenched in white sauce, but it does, it look, it, there's something special about it. And I know if I've seen a photo, I know it's from your place. So you want to talk a little bit about how, so you said you've been drinking wine. What, what were you, yeah. were you pairing wine with barbecue from your restaurant or barbecue from cooking at home or? You know, it's really interesting and, uh, and, I was doing, I was sort of on the fourth. So I've got, I was at uh, Memphis in May one time. I got a, a phone call prior to when I went from a gentleman by the name of Pete Segacio. He's in Sonoma, Segacio Vineyards at the time. His family, uh, you know, had a hundred year old uh, vines and been doing uh, some great big red zins for a long time. He wanted to start pairing his big red zins with barbecue but he didn't know anything about barbecue. So he came to see me at Memphis in May. So we talked, this was probably back in uh, 2000. So we're talking a long time ago. So uh, he came and uh, I put him in touch with a uh, cooker manufacturer, Dennis Unruh out of Canton, Kansas, who built uh, uh, Pete a huge uh, charcoal and wood-fired rotisserie pit. Uh, it's the kind that I like. And uh, Pete ordered one and had it delivered out there just so I could come out and cook barbecue uh, at the vineyard and uh, match his big red zins with some a full flavored barbecue. Wow. And that's what I started doing. So I spent a lot of time out there working with him, cooking barbecue, matching, uh, matching with his, his wine and, and developed a fantastic relationship with him. As a matter of fact, uh, this summer, I think we're going to sneak off to Italy and, uh, and, and hang out over there, uh, go work in a butcher shop and, uh, and fun over there. So that's amazing. All food. And awesome. wine. But, um, so I've been doing that for a long time. Well, I got approached, uh, I guess uh, last year, um, a company called Copper Cane. So they're out in Napa. Uh, they've got some great brands, uh, under their umbrella, uh, Quilt, Elowen, Bowen, Bell Gloss, those are four fantastic brands and uh, they're all big wines and they all have the backbone to stand up to what I do. And that's, you know, uh, you know, the smoking and the low and slow barbecue and even grilling and things like that, because you've got your wine can't, it's almost got to have a backbone when you start talking about fat and smoke and, you know, sauce and uh, char and things like that. You can't have a wimpy wine. You know, you've got to have a wine with backbone, full flavored, whether it be a Pinot Noir even a Chardonnay, um, but uh, definitely when you're talking about cabs as well, uh, one of my favorites. So you've got to have a big wine. So uh, we worked out a plan last year and I developed uh, 10 recipes to match with their wines. And uh, we did all the shoot, uh, shoot last year in Napa, did all the content for this year and they rolled out a huge uh, promotion package this year. Uh, grocery store displays, uh, QR code recipe links, you know, a lot of social media content, a lot of in-store, you know, uh, grocery store displays, and their uh, sales uh, jumped really good this year. It was definitely a successful promotion. So I'll be back in uh, Napa and Sonoma next week, uh, Sunday through Thursday, shooting content, shooting uh, eight new recipes, matching their wines for next year's rollout. So this is this has become a fantastic relationship, and we not only not only get to do that, but uh, we travel around. Uh, this year, we went to the Alabama Texas game in Austin, and we did a big tailgate rollout, match yeah. wine with barbecue. That's cool. Uh, mm -hmm. Just sort of trying to elevate the tailgate, elevate, uh, and Erin's doing a great job as well. You know, serving the big wine list and serving the wine uh, in her barbecue restaurant, really elevating barbecue. Uh, mm -hmm. Barbecue a lowbrow food, but it can turn highbrow just, uh, you know, whether it be a tailgate or at a barbecue restaurant or in your backyard. Wine is fantastic with barbecue, and that's what we're trying to get the word out. It's kind of intimidating when somebody asks you to pair a recipe with 
um, you know, an existing wine. And I'm just wondering if there's like a method that you have to creating the recipes. Uh, first and foremost, I definitely look at, uh, at tasting notes uh, on that, that particular wine. And then I need to taste it as well uh, and seeing what, because uh, different people, you know, palates are a little bit different. I was, I was blessed with a really, really good taster, really good palate, but uh, I want to taste the wine. And I want to, a lot of times you can match fruit and you can match spices. Uh, you don't want to overpower the barbecue and it's very difficult to overpower some of the barbecue, but uh, uh, you need a, a wine that'll stand up to it. Uh, but you can definitely pair dark fruit with dark fruit. Uh, you know, if you're doing a jalapeno, blackberry jalapeno spare rib, you know, you might want to have a wine uh, that, that would be complementary with that, with spicing and dark fruit that would work with that. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it's it's sort of a matching game, and it's sort of interesting. A lot of times you'll try uh, try two wines with something, and you'll think one will win or be the right choice, but it'll be the other one. And it's interesting in that it wine creation. I'm talking to Joe Wagner, a phenomenal winemaker. Uh, it's he uses a lot of the same stuff that I use when I create barbecue recipes. You know, uh, you've got to you know you've got to have the fat and the spice. And, uh, and the flavor profiles, whether you're going fruit or something else, but you definitely have to have acid as well. And uh, the way they juggle acid in their, um, in their wines is about the same way I do it with my barbecue. You know, whether it's a, a white barbecue sauce with a vinegar or a, uh, you know, Eastern Carolina sop mop or something, a tomato-based sauce with, with light vinegar, you've got to, or it could be lemon or orange or, or you know, citrus. You've got to uh, juggle the acid, and that's very important with both bar barbecue and wine. You find that too, right, Aaron? Definitely. I, I feel like acidity, especially when you're working with like fatty foods, acidity is, I think, the most important structural component of wine, and one of the things that makes it such a obvious barbecue pairing. Um, because all the foods we do, whether you're in Alabama or the Carolinas or Texas. Um, so regardless of what cuts we're talking about, the smoke itself kind of imparts a richness into the meat. And so all barbecue, universally speaking, all, all barbecue can really benefit, I think, from an acidic wine. It seems like when, when I'm watching, because I'm taking my mom, we watch a lot of Food Network, and it seems like whenever people are judging food, it always seems like they say it could use a little bit more acid. I always feel like that's, so it, that goes in line with what both you guys are saying, is that the acidity, that's a key component that is sometimes, it's, that's, a, that's perfect for a pairing. That, and that's, maybe that's something that people that are listening or watching can keep in their mind, is that that is a way to, to properly pair at least in their minds because you know and not everyone has a, a crystalline or an Aaron Fiji's palette <laughs> I think it's I don't I don't think I do so I, I have a science background from college and when I think about food or anything really I literally envision the pH scale and I don't know why I think this was something I picked up in culinary school because the very first class in culinary school we talked about the pH scale and really everything that makes food good involves the pH scale. Salt, you know, makes food more basic and acid makes food more acidic. And really you want both of those things um, in the proper balance. And there's no universal proper balance. It's like, it really is dependent on what it is you're cooking. With barbecue, there are so few components to barbecue. Barbecue is really simple. And regardless of what region you're in, there's usually like minimal ingredients. And so when we're talking about acids and bases and, and the pH scale, it's, it's really basic, you know, salt, pepper. Um, when we're adding Alabama white sauce, we're adding something very basic because mayonnaise and all the, like the milk based things have a basic component, but you mentioned vinegar. Vinegar is a really important aspect of Alabama white sauce. So that's part of why those things have always gone so well together. And I think that's where wine fits in perfectly. And I really don't think it's, uh, I think wine and barbecue is, or wine matching wine and barbecue is sort of underutilized. Uh, I don't think we see it enough. Uh, it is almost a perfect pairing and uh, really uh, uh, tip the hat or tip the glass to Erin for what she's doing in Texas. Thank you. No, yeah, no, I, I, I'm super impressed. And it's also funny because I, I should take little clips out of these videos because 
like even Billy Journey said, he feels like wine and barbecue are the perfect pairing. And, and most, and Aaron and I have talked many, many times how everyone in their head thinks like a bourbon or a really strong beer. Like that's, that's what you, you want to have two of those flavors battling, but that doesn't make sense. You want to have something that, that pairs properly. It's uh, what's, what are your favorite pairings? Oh gosh. I know. It's like, sorry. <laughs> two weeks later. That's like, uh, that's like the question, uh, what's your favorite thing to grill or what's your favorite yeah, thing? No, to I, sorry. I apologize. It, I it really you. depends on week to week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I may be really uh, working on, you know, something unique, you know, a salmon or something out there. Well, you know, I'll be pay- pairing, you know, a, a, you know, chard or Pinot Noir or something like that. But the next week I might be doing brisket, you know, and I, I might want, want a bigger wine. So it really depends on what I'm cooking, you know, that determines or dictates what I was drinking. I'll tell you this at the Alabama, Texas game. I mean, it was, it was hot. <laughs> okay. So at our tail. I was drinking a heck of a lot of uh, rosé, Bell Gloss rosé and Elowen rosé. Oh, it just, it was rosé all day for me. But mm-hmm. at this last one, I went up to Clemson and did Clemson NC State. I was really loving the Pinot Noirs and the Cabs at that one because, you know, the, you know, the weather was sort of uh, drizzly and rainy and, the, you know, the food was a little bit bigger. So, uh, so yeah, depends on the weather, depends on the food, depends on who I'm drinking with and the atmosphere and uh, yeah, a lot of determined. What are you finding? That, how, how is the reaction to the tailgate? Oh, it's fantastic. And I've got another one coming up. I'm going down to the uh, largest cocktail party in the world at the Georgia, Florida game in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. So that's our next one. We'll go down and have a huge tailgate pregame. I'll be cooking. We'll be serving wine and having a good time. You know, where can people find you? What would, because this will come out in the next four or five days. Where can people find you? Uh, at that one, we'll be uh, down right outside the stadium, uh, right beside Tito's. I think Tito's will be there okay. uh, right at us. And uh, it'll be a, uh, yeah, big, big fun party. I'll put a, I'll put a map to where that is, because I'm sure there's people. Yeah, that's really, that's such a, what a cool thing too. Like this is, I knew what you, like I knew that you were doing things with masters of taste and I'll put links to that below as well as links to specific recipes. Absolutely. And the great thing with that program is actually you can go online and you can get all of my recipes, but then you can get recommendations on what wine to pair with those recipes as well. Perfect. Okay. Wine that you can get in your grocery store all over the country. So it's, it's not, a, you know, it, it's, Definitely not pretentious, hard to find wines as well. It's just very good wines, good barbecue, outdoor grilling recipes and low and slow recipes. And uh, there'll be plenty more this next year as well. And that's why we feel like that's another reason why we're doing this is we want it to become like to not have to break down the barriers and the mental barriers that people have towards pairing wine and the wines that you're discussing. Those wines are available across the United States at grocery store. They are. That's killer. Joe Wagner, how did that, so did he come to you or did you, did you, how did you guys meet? They actually approached me. Okay. They did. And, um, he's fifth so generation, right? Here. And so it was a lot of back and forth over, you know, internet and telephone before we, uh, worked out something. I took a trip out there. Uh, but mainly it was me being comfortable with the wine. Uh, you know, I got a lot of people coming to me, want me to, you know, rep their products and everything. Sure. So they know a whole lot. Uh, very few sponsors that I really endorse because I have to love their product, absolutely love their product and use their product. So uh, I did a lot of wine tasting before I said yes and went out there to, to see what he did. I love his style of winemaking and, and that's what it comes down to. So uh, mm-hmm. out there and visited with him, we shot the content and uh, the rest is history, just uh, having a good time with it now. Yeah, those videos are so great. And I'm so jealous that you're on Sunday, you're going to be out, out there. And, and you had said off camera that you're going before Aaron, you have jumped on. He said that he was going to be in Sonoma this time. I think you were, you did, you shot the first original ones, which I'll put a link below in Napa. And that's, that's, and this is a great time of year to be, I guess it's just harvest is just ending. So mm-hmm. it's yeah. perfect timing. Yeah, that's, that is, that's really great. And they order their wines online too. Is that something? Ship directly to you. Alabama, it's a little tricky. You've got to go through the, uh, the state run ABC stores, which is fine, but I get my wine shipped to the ABC stores and I pick it up. Uh, no problem at all, but yes, absolutely. You can get it shipped. You can get it a lot of grocery store uh, change. You can, in Aaron's neck of the woods, definitely go by HEB and they carry 
lot of the wines that uh, that I do recipes for, Publix in my neighborhood. So yeah, Kroger's all all over. It's 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 a good wines that are. Sp- spread across across the country and all the major grocery stores. I saw that you did something recently, or at least you posted something recently with Jess Priles for, was it for Kingsford? Yeah, me and Jess get to hang out with Kingsford. We do. Uh, I've been working with Kingsford. That, that's probably my oldest account. I've been working with them for probably 16 or 17 years. Jess actually came out to the function I was doing at Copper Cane when I was out there. And that's where uh, oh. some of the posts were taken care of. But uh but we've got an event. We go back to California in a couple of weeks, uh, me and Jess both, and we're doing a big internal uh, function for Kingsford. They're calling it Kingsford University, but it, it, is, it is cooking and tutorial and a lot of stuff for, for all of the staffing at the R&D facility, facility and uh, production facility, all the, the main home office out in Pleasanton, California. So we'll, we'll go out there and do a big feed and talk barbecue for a couple of days out there as well. That's fun. That's that's really exciting. And right now too, for people that can people start to because because Aaron said that after Halloween ends for them this is on the last episode that you jump right into Thanksgiving. So can people start ordering now for Thanksgiving for your restaurant? Absolutely, uh, we do. Generally, November first, we start opening it up for turkeys, whole turkeys and ham, and they usually sell out uh, within the first week. Uh, so I only have so much pit space at both the restaurants. So once we book out what we can handle for turkeys and hams, it is just the everyday stuff then that we've got to have space for, you know, the chickens and the pork and the ribs and turkey and brisket and everything else. So we only have so much space, but uh, the day before Thanksgiving is our busiest day of the year by far. Uh, We'll sell over 700 whole homemade pies uh, we will sell hundreds of turkeys and hams and, and yeah, bulk food. Everybody loads up at Big Bob Gibson Barbecue for Thanksgiving. So, uh, it's definitely our busiest time of the year. Yeah. And I, and I appreciate both of you guys taking the time because this is the busiest time that you, you're busy going off other places, but also for your restaurants, like this is, this is like, uh, the crate, this is the, this is the time that a lot of restaurants, this is the packed time. And, uh, yeah. that's. So is there, is there anything specific? One Decatur restaurant is open seven days a week. The other one, six days, right? That's correct. And they both have drive-through? Yeah, that's uh, really saved us during COVID as well. So we've always had drive-through. You know, you think about barbecue, it's nothing when people come to the, when come up and order. I mean, it's things that have smoked overnight. It's things that have smoked for four hours, three hours, you know, depending on what it is. Uh, so all our food is ready. I mean, it's hot off the bit. Uh, so it's not like cook to order because it takes 12 hours to cook, four hours to cook, you know, and whatnot. So why not have a drive-through? So uh, during COVID, it really helped us out because we were busy, busy through the and we're able to uh, keep as much staffing as we could during COVID and, uh, and run the restaurant uh, as, as much as we're we're allowed. Still do a grand business through the drive-thru uh, to pick up counter up front and dine in. There's not, there's not a lot of drive-thru. I know a lot of places pivoted, as I said, <laughs> to drive, to their own like special type of drive-thru during, during the heart of the pandemic. But uh, that's that's a kind of a cool thing. I And I apologize over these years. I still haven't had a chance to come out and visit you personally, but when I can, I... I hope that you're there when I do. I'll I'll, I'll message you ahead of time because Come I really want to. I want to see your pits. Those are there's. And so and I'll try to put pictures of all that stuff with a, a blog post so people can kind of see what because you have something that's very special. Yeah, yeah. love to see you. If you were going to reach for a wine behind you, so that people know that it is real, is there a wine that you specifically? What would you go through? Say say you were having. What's the Aaron given? Grab that? some okay. of my. You want me to grab some of my favorites? Yeah, yeah, that would be yeah, cool. Yeah, show us your uh, favorite. Yeah, um, Let's see. I like uh, the Quilt Reserve. Fantastic. Yeah, the Quilt Reserve cab. Absolutely love this uh, right here. I love my Belle Gloss. So I don't know if I can get back there. That's okay. You can okay, reach it. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. Oh. I love my Belle Gloss. This is a Los Aturas. Really big, uh, big meat. That's what I'd prov- uh, pair with, you know, you know, some of your bigger cuts, more fattier cuts and everything. That's a Los Aturas. Some of my other favorites are uh, Dairyman, uh, Bell Gloss Dairyman. The one with a little more acidity, uh, it would be a Clark and Telephone. I really love the Bell Gloss talk, uh, Clark and Telephone. Uh, let's see what else I have here. What is the Clark and Telephone? Is that like the, 
the, the area that it was produced is that yeah all of the all of the different bell gloss wines are uh are small regions and small vineyards uh and they're so e they're each uh vineyard specific cool yeah i mean a solid uh reasonable wine this bowen pinot noir is really nice um if i'm going to grab a chardonnay i love the elowen uh chardonnay a quilt chardonnay is absolutely fantastic if I want something, uh, you know, I mentioned Red Zen earlier, one of my favorite Red Zens. And this is a, actually a blend, but the, the, the largest component is Red Zen. This is a San Lorenzo Pearl, uh, Alexander Valley. It is absolutely wine as well. So I definitely have my favorites that I could go on the wine side and the bourbon side. So <laughs> <That's> <laughs> depends awesome. on what I'm in the mood for. So uh, yeah, those are some of my favorites. It's really cool what you're doing with wine. I love the tailgate um, concept because that kind of takes it even a step further, um, really kind of changing the whole tailgate experience in a way that I, I can definitely embrace. So I think it's awesome. I keep doing what you're doing. I, I don't, hey, I'm having fun doing it. So don't feel sorry. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's, it's a labor of love. It's, it's really interesting. I'm at the point in my life where uh, if I am not going where I want to go and hang out with the people I want to hang out with, I just don't do it. Okay, life's too short. So, uh, mm -hmm. so that's uh, definitely one thing. I am trying to eke out as much life as I can. I'm just having fun. I'm cooking barbecue, traveling. Uh, both my boys, my sons are in the restaurant business now with me. So I get to go to work with them every day. So uh, that's great. Enjoy life. That's, that's excellent. And thank, yeah, thank you so much and have uh, safe travels. And I'm glad that you're able to, to follow your passions. And thank you for doing what you're doing with the wine and barbecue, because I feel like like she said, it gets definitely that tailgating puts it to a different level because it, it it brings it to to a an audience that wouldn't necessarily think that wouldn't be the first thing they think. And I think that's great. That's if you could change it. Kevin, Kevin, Aaron, thank you for the invitation to the show. Without a doubt, it's been it's been cool hanging out with y'all and hope our paths cross uh, yeah. sometime soon. Excellent. Well, yeah, have a good. Have a great, it's weird to say, but have a great holiday season because it's, it's it's pretty much the year. And uh, yeah, have, have a great day. And that was so nice talking to Chris. Gosh, he has so much going on. And that collaboration seems like a really great collaboration. Yeah, I'm really excited. And also I'm rethinking tailgating altogether. Like I'm yeah. always going to make sure I have a bottle of wine with me now. Yeah, you have some new wines, right? Yes, we just launched our fall menu um, in Houston. It dropped below 80 degrees for three days. And so we officially announced fall. It's already back in the upper 90s or upper 80s, almost in the 90s. Um, but fall menu still lives. <laughs> so with the fall menu changes comes some new wines. So this is a really uh, interesting Chardonnay that we're bringing on. It's from Santa Barbara County, so it's California. Um, the name of this uh, wine group is a presqueel. It's a Creole word that means almost an island, also known as a peninsula. Um, and so it, it has Gulf roots. The family that is behind the wine had some uh, family land that they kind of all, I think it was a really big family, but they would always meet at this land that was on a peninsula um, and it was called Presqueil. And I, I think it just all basically got demolished in Harvey, not oh. Harvey, uh, Katrina. Katrina. So, so many, many years ago. Mm -hmm. And they, I don't think they ever rebuilt it. And so um, some of the sons decided to do the California wine thing. And I think it was just really important to kind of bring that name into it uh, because it meant so much to them and, yeah. and to their family. Um, and it's a beautiful wine, you know, doesn't have like a lot of that overpowering like oak um, and malolactic fermentation. It's all very subtle. Some of the, I mean, oak is present and mallow is present, but it's very refined, subtle. It's a very, really kind of nice open expression of Chardonnay, um, which I really like. And then we also have uh, Rioja. This one is Rioja. from... I love Riojas too. And this one, I we have a lot of Basque, Basque wines and you know, I love like yeah. Basque country. So <laughs> this is from the northernmost uh, region inside Rioja, um, Alta Rioja. And so colder climates, higher elevations. So it kind of has a little bit of that like Basque influence. Okay. Um, so this is a Crianza 2018. So I think it's 18 years in American oak barrels and then it continues aging after that in the bottle for like nine months. 
Um, so it, it exceeds a lot of the requirements um, for uh, Rioja Crianza, but uh, excellent wine, love it. One of the bigger wines on our menu, lower acidity. So um, we talk a lot about acid. It still has a good amount of acid, but like just in terms of a lot of the wines that I bring onto the menu, I think this is gonna be on the lower side of the um, acid spectrum, but pairs still really well with yeah. um, with the barbecue. Why I, do you love I Rioja know, so much? <laughs> I don't know what the word for, uh, you know, like Francophiles are people that love France. I'm the Spanish version of that. And I hope somebody who's listening or watching can tell me what the word is for that because I would love to just start calling right. myself that. I love Spain. I love everything about Spain. I've traveled to Spain many times. I honeymooned in Spain. So that has really helped my love of Rioja. It, yeah. it helped my love of most things that um, come from Spain. But I, I think Rioja, just generally speaking, is just a really enjoyable wine. It's kind of one of those crab pleaser wines. I've mm -hmm. never opened a bottle of Rioja and somebody's been like, oh, oh. that's not for me. Mm -hmm. um, so from somebody who loves to serve and host people, uh, it makes my job easier and it makes me happy because it means I'm opening something that I know everybody will enjoy. Um, so that's part of why I, I like wines that come from that region. Um, this one in particular is uh, mostly Tempranillo, but it does have a little bit of Granache uh, blended in. Those are two grapes that I also really enjoy. I think mm -hmm. they're, again, crowd pleaser grapes. Um, really don't meet a lot of people who say, oh, I just don't like... I just no. don't like tempranillos. <laughs> no, those are yuck. Um, <laughs> but they're also, it's also yeah. very, if you go to purchase at a wine store, it's very well priced generally. Like there's expensive ones, but I think that you can, I don't think it's, people aren't looking for it as often. So perhaps that's why, but I've always found like a really yeah. wines. For you touched on something really great. I, I think sometimes I zoom right past that in my mind because I only purchase wines in a modest price range. True, true, true. And the reason for that is because I know that there's a lot of really great high price wines, but I also am just as certain that there are a lot of really great like medium, modest priced wines. And that's really where I like set my my eyes when I'm at a store looking for something um, and I also like to experiment so I would rather buy more bottles of a certain price range than be limited to yeah. one or two and Rioja yes you can find some pricier Rioja but um, there is so much uh, very well-priced yeah. value uh, Rioja on the shelves and I think Spanish wine in general um, one of the reasons that I, I really like Spanish wines and wines from kind of the less popular countries is because the price points are better and it has so much to do with real estate and, and very little to do with like the quality of the wine itself. So Agreed, yeah. that being said, it's more expensive to own French land. French wine just has um, the ability to sell for a higher dollar amount and because it's expensive to own French wine land, you know, they charge you premium dollars uh, for it but in countries like Spain and Portugal and you know South America and uh, really all over the world places that just don't have that same uh, real estate issue you're able to get some really great value wine yeah definitely so those two are those are new to the menu do you have we're not going to talk about them all this this episode but do you have a number of other wine because it's is there a big shift or are those the two new ones we have one other wine that's available now and then um, another that uh, I've pre-purchased. It's like one of those really low production uh, uh -huh. in-demand wines. So I've, um, I'm expecting a case the first week in November. Um, we'll only have a few bottles of it and I'm really excited to, cool. to have it. And that's something that people can come and not only because we're going to talk a little bit right now about your the menu changes or the additions to your menu but also they can come and try new wines as as the quarterly things change and times change and like yeah. the, the wines run out and then you get new ones to fill the space and that's that's a cool that's an also another fun reason to visit your restaurant is that's yeah that's fun. that's you're not going to get just the same wine all the time yeah and one so one of the things i think about when i when i'm selecting the wines for the fall I'm always thinking about Thanksgiving. So not just barbecue, but what's going to be really great at the family table 
with turkey and all the, you know, Thanksgiving things. And I think both of these wines are what I'm going to call Thanksgiving table wine. Okay. Um, And I bring these onto the menu this time of year because we do retail wine sales and we do get a lot of people that come in and will buy, you know, six bottles of wine um, to take home and, you know, open at home and they're doing it for holidays or they're entertaining guests and have family in town. So that's a big, that's a big part of the the focus with the wines we have available right now. That's great. I, can, I always forget that you guys can, people can come and purchase a bottle of wine to take home or a dozen or half dozen. Yeah, or, or, or a dozen. <laughs> a baker's we dozen. highly encourage that you purchase a dozen. <laughs> yeah. 13 is always a good number too. No, but that's, 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 that's so great. What menu items have you added? Because it looked like there's some fun fall dishes. Yeah. Um, I'm going to try to do this off the top of my head, but we have meatballs. We have pit room, dirty rice. Oh. We brought back uh pimento mac and cheese. So we, our mac and cheese is cyclical. So in the cooler months, I'm not saying colder because in Houston, we don't get cold, we get cool. In the cooler months, we do hot mac and cheese where it's like the creamy, cheesy mac and cheese. And then in the warmer months, I should just say the hot months, we do a pasta salad with macaroni. So we call it macaroni salad. Um, so we just added the pimento mac and cheese. We have our roasted beet salad, which is one of our um, oh. side dishes. We did it last year. It was really popular. So we so just good. brought that back. Yeah. Autumn salad. I see Autumn that. salad. Okay. So the summer salad's like the thing I've been ordering for the last six months. And then the autumn salad's going to be the thing I order for the six months going forward. It's Prese, Boston bib lettuce, um, spiced pecans, spiced butternut squash, oh. um, goat cheese, uh, radish, and then a really, really just amazing dressing that's like a honey champagne vinaigrette. I love that salad it definitely has the spice that makes you feel like fall. You know, it's got all these like kind of warm flavors to it. It's That's a cold cool. salad, but it's got warm flavor profile. I love that salad. My, the saddest change to the menu right now, which we have zero control over is that we do not have turkey breast because turkey breast is impossible to get right now. And that is really what I would usually be putting on my salad every day. So for right now, I'm just eating it as a salad. But we have turkey legs, like Renaissance Festival, you know, the big <laughs> Disneyland. turkey legs. Like yeah, just like at Disneyland. We have those available and they've been selling out every day. So they're hugely popular. But um, it's really just because we wanted a, a turkey substitution. Yeah. And hopefully we can get turkey back. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. I didn't even, most places don't have, that's a. Uh... It's just so funny too, like on a really hot day at like a Disneyland, I'll see a photo of someone with a turkey leg and I'm thinking like sweating it. It's just a funny image to see. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Especially for the next couple of weeks, you can see it uh, just sitting in the (laughs) dining room at Peach's Barbecue. That's awesome. I don't think people knew that. And you also have carrot cake, correct? Yes. Sorry. Carrot cake. Yeah. Our chef created a really awesome carrot cake and carrot cake is actually one of my favorite types of cake um as is cream cheese frosting and so uh it's great it's been selling really well i have a really beautiful photo of it cool. uh, that good. makes me hungry every time i see it and i'll send it to you okay every time i see it yeah like a good photo of carrot cake it makes me so like <laughs> so jealous because it's so yeah, yeah. Carrot, good carrot cake there's my aunt who passed away but she was an amazing baker and she would make carrot cake for all like the like oh yeah all the um fall holidays oh mm-hmm. ridiculous I didn't realize how good I had it. And then you also, pretty soon, Gold Belly will start having um, you know, the ability to order Thanksgiving, correct? That'll be, do they have the giving? Yes. So, um, so in terms of Thanksgiving, again, our busiest, busiest, craziest holiday of the year is Thanksgiving. We already have our Thanksgiving menu uh, and ordering available on our website. So oh, you okay. can go online right now and place an order for local pickup. Okay. Um, so that, that's already live. We haven't super promoted it yet. So it's kind of like breaking news. Okay. Um, the only reason we haven't super promoted it yet is just because I've been really busy and I just <laughs> haven't yeah. gotten around to being like, cause it's a big announcement. Um, but I would love, I would love for that to be something we announce on here. Um, and so you can go online and order for local pickup uh, right now on our website. We will also be shipping nationwide on Gold Belly. We will be shipping whole smoked turkeys with, you can get them a la carte. You can get them with sides. We can basically take care of your entire 
Thanksgiving, if you don't want to cook a thing or lift a finger, uh, I highly recommend that you um, look into Fiji's Barbecue uh, as a Thanksgiving option for you. You're and talking, we also to, me. Have talking wine. to me, right? You're talking to you. <laughs> and we also have wine. So like literally a one-stop shop. We do not ship wines on Gold Belly. We do yeah. not ship wines <laughs> nationwide. That is uh, that is just for local pickup. But for um, local pickup, we, you could, yeah, you could do that. You could place an order now. Pickup, and then, awesome. Basically, you don't even have to think. You can just call me and say, Aaron, I'm feeding 10 people put something together for me and I will make sure that you have exactly what you need uh, for your evening. Cool. For and so her, her cell phone's below. <laughs> call, call, call you at the restaurant. I'm putting Patrick's cell phone yeah, below. So there's Gold Belly. I'm really excited about the nationwide shipping on Gold Belly for Thanksgiving. I'm, I'm excited to think about on, cause everybody kind of does Thanksgiving on the same day, right? So like when I'm eating my Thanksgiving, I'm going to be thinking about the fact that people all over yeah. the country are eating the food we prepared at their table with their family and their loved ones. And I that's just that. like, that's a feeling you cannot wrap yourself around because it's just, it's so crazy and awesome. And warm. And yeah, it's like a blanket. And it's warm. A- yeah. It's like a blanket, yeah. a blanket of feelings and emotions provided oh. by people nationwide. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and if you're if you're actually listening to this or watching this and you do order, make sure you take a photo and send it to you or tag yes. you or something. That would be fun. It's like that would be nice. We have our Halloween party coming up oh, yeah. on October 29th, Saturday Spooktacular. I've gone way overboard on decorations. I cannot stop purchasing decorations. I'm a little worried that I might be developing an addiction to Halloween decorations and also it's creating a storage issue. Um <laughs> But yes, it, we are going all out on Halloween, bouncy castles, um, Miss Kathy's snow cones. Um, I think she calls them snowballs and all sorts of stuff. Hocus pocus, everything. It's going to be so much fun. And if you are local, please come. October Saturday, 29th. October 29th from three to six at Fiji's Barbecue. Oh, God, that's awesome. That's so fun. And I, I, and I saw, I think you said something like it's one of your favorite events. So that's really cool. Yeah. Okay, I get so, really into it. <laughs> so you have that, and then Thanksgiving comes, and then you also just so people know, you guys do. There's lots of wine events and wine, like wine, wine events, but wine dinners. You're doing wine dinners and things. Yeah. So if you if you if you're if you have a business and you want to do a wine dinner, is that something that people can contact you to set up? Is that yep. do people do that? Okay. Yeah, we did one last night for a small group of twelve. It was a, a company cool. um, event, but it was we did it at our restaurant. We can also do them offsite. Um, we're a little more flexible if it's on-site. Um, but yeah, we do that stuff all the time. And lots of off-site catering. If someone has any off-site catering, that's something you guys love doing, right? Yes. Not we do the- tons of catering. We would love to just keep doing more and more catering. We love catering. Well, thank you too for taking time because obviously people have been watching the whole time. They've seen that your your phone's ringing, like you're busy, like you're like busy. This is a busy day for you. So thanks for taking the time in the middle of your day. Uh, I'm excited about your fall menu again. I'll be visiting next fall. <laughs> so <laughs> we could do it. We'll do it. We'll do like our next, our next fall episode will be at your location or something. That would be fun. Love and and uh, yeah, have, have a great day. Say hi to Patrick and uh, I will will, uh, I'll talk to you soon.